Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, the podcast where we talk about Kevin Smith movies. I'm Ted. I'm Rose. And I'm Trevor. And this week we watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) This is it, the culmination of phase one of the View Universe. This is the (laughs) Avengers. All your favorite characters are finally coming together um, in one massive jerk-off of a movie. (laughs) You know, up to now, I've talked a lot about how charming I find Kevin Smith's movies. Oh, geez. (laughs) And uh, Trev, I gotta say, this one has pushed me a bit more over to your side. This is... Dis- Me too. This it's, was a despicable film. <laughs> <laughs> I hated watching this. It was so boring. Like, yeah, you know, <sighs> so going into it, um, for me, I was expecting this to be kind of a nostalgic experience because I liked this movie as like a kid. Uh, I had a friend who was a big Jay and Silent Bob head, and he had the DVD, <laughs> and we would watch it, and we would quote lines to each other from it. And, like, in retrospect, I don't know. I might have just been, like, telling myself that I really liked it because my friend did, you know, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And also, I hadn't seen a lot of, like, R-rated comedies at that point yeah. in my life. Um, but, yeah, and it was kind of nostalgic in some ways. And there are a couple parts that I still find very funny, but... Yeah, for big chunks of it, it was just a joyless experience. So, like, of all his movies, this is the most, like, consistent from start to end, but it was consistently uh-huh. very bad. There was there was a few parts that I thought were, like, pretty funny, but uh-huh. nothing, like, super funny and nothing even, like, funny and novel at all. Like, the part that I laughed the most at was when they run into, like, a painting of a street. And it's not a real street. And that's like Looney Tunes. So I have to say, I I always liked, and I think I still like, Sean William Scott's uh, cameo as the sheep guy. Yeah. Like, he just yeah, makes yeah, me yeah. laugh. <laughs> when Jay <laughs> is asking him if he would fuck the sheep, and he's like, oh, what are you, sick or whatever? And he's like, no, I mean, if you were a sheep, then would you fuck the sheep? And he's like, oh, well, in that case, you bet your <laughs> ass I would. <laughs> <laughs> that always got me as a kid, and it still still works. I, I still liked it. But yeah, uh, not a lot of good jokes in this movie. Um, there's so It's so fucking stacked with just references to the other movies that like... One after another. Just repeating yeah. jokes from the movies that weren't funny the first time, and they're even less funny because of like this weird sort of self-reverence that Kevin Smith is displaying for this little universe that he created while at the same time like constantly like shitting on himself and like there were there i counted three different times in this movie where the characters did a joke about the fact that they were in a shitty movie and then looked directly at the camera i counted four and i thought that i missed one so there there, i mean there were a lot there may be more looking at the camera jokes in this movie than any other movie in history but i was thinking of just specific cases where they were like just said like oh what is that something from a stupid movie and then everyone in the scene turns and looks at the camera like (laughs) literally literally they turn and they look directly into the camera so many times yes and this isn't limited to like some characters it's any character could do yeah. this. Like any side character does this. 
I, I think we should sort of describe the plot because I don't. Is it even worth it? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, I think I think I think it does sort of like not hold merit, but it does explain part of the movie. A little before bit more. we get into the the details, I want to just say some just in a general sense. Um, uh, like I said, this is this is kind of the end of what I would consider Kevin Smith's sort of early period. His first five yeah. movies that all seem to be like a a series in and of themselves, but also, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but this movie was released on August 24th, uh, 2001. I was going to say that. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> a mere three weeks before the tragedy that changed all of our lives. And in many ways, yes. I think that it uh, marks the end of a sort of age of innocence in <laughs> in American culture and uh, so many of the things that we lost that we can never get back after those towers fell. Jesus. God Jesus. damn it, Trev. <laughs> yeah, I was going to I was I was going to bring that up. I thought that was so funny. And it does feel like um it definitely watching this film did feel like the dream died. Uh, watching <laughs> it was the it was the end of an age of innocence when um I think every film we've watched I've found some value in I've found something charming about and also as they've gone along I've like kind of appreciated them more and then this one just killed it it's like they're <laughs> yeah. all sour now so what you're saying is it's sort of like watching the towers fall yes that's that's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> An hour and 44 minutes. <laughs> it's almost like it was portending uh, some great tragedy and we were just too blind <laughs> to see it at the time. But there's there's a oh, lot wow. of like, it just feels like the quintessential just before 9-11 kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> like we we're all living in such a different world back then. We were so naive. And I mean, like a big part of it. Like the fact that like a big part of the plot is Jay and Silent Bob getting framed as like uh as like animal rights, you know, terrorists or whatever, like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, like uh eco terrorists or animal liberation, those were like big topics like in the nineties that like you never hear about anymore, you know? And it feels very emblematic of this uh bygone uh uh age in in um in American history. Uh I don't know. It's um it's a very bizarre uh, relic of its time. I think even more so than the other shitty movies we've watched so far. Well, I, yeah. I think to uh, I think to put it into context of where culture was at that time, the film grossed um, eleven million dollars in its opening weekend, behind two other comedy sequels, which were Whoa. American Pie Two oh. and Rush Hour Two. Oh wow. That's oh, where man. that's where culture was at that time. Oh, oh! This is also uh, Kevin is v a very heavily trying to coast on the American Pie craze. I think like very half much. half the cast of American Pie shows up in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what was the movie? It reminded me of the most. I mean, it reminded me of a lot of movies. Like it was very Wayne's World. The premise yeah. was a little um, actually Muppet movie, but the main movie you reminded me of stylistically was Austin Powers, like the yeah. looking in the camera joke too. <laughs> yeah. It felt very much like that scene in Austin Powers where um, they explain time travel and they look directly at the camera and say, uh, 
I I think you just shouldn't think about it too much and enjoy yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin has this tendency to really just hoover up all these shitty aspects of the film culture around him like a mm-hmm. like a little uh, pop cultural Roomba just picking up the dust and detritus <laughs> of other people's slightly uh, better movies. Slightly. <laughs> Now, this is the first movie to actually star Jay and Silent Bob. You could count Dogma, but I'm not going to. But so in this movie, Jay and Silent Bob, if you remember from Mallrats, no, if you remember from (laughs) Chasing Amy, uh, their lives were turned into a comic book series named Blunt Man and Chronic. Now they're making a Blunt Man and Chronic movie, and it's getting a lot of bad reviews from nerds online, like us. Um and Jay and Silent Bob find out about that. They don't like being called nerds. Or, I think ball lickers was what yeah, they kept they saying. Them yeah, they call them gay. Ma- mainly it's gay. Basically gay. I mean, 2001, they I can... They call them ball lickers, cock smokers, <laughs> homos, etc. Yeah. So, they think, well, the best way to stop that is to, you know, stop the movie from being made. So, they travel all the way from New Jersey to Hollywood. And it's sort of like a Harold and Kumar thing where they get into hijinks. Uh, they steal a monkey. Jay falls in love. Um, they was anything else like significant even happen? <laughs> they they get they get mixed up with this uh, team of uh, of diamond uh, international jewel thieves composed of four. <laughs> For equally hot babes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which I assume is supposed to be like, I was trying to think of like when the film came out. I'm assuming this is like a Charlie's Angels parody. Yeah. Oh, they meet uh, uh, the Scooby-Doo so. people too. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I, I want to put this as delicately as possible, but like, especially like since Kevin was apparently at this time already very like aware of... Uh, you know, the online trolls and all the flack that he was getting from people who didn't like his movies and shit, as ev- as evidenced by the way he directly references it here. Yeah. It, it was a bold move, to say the least, to cast his own wife alongside three uh, beautiful Hollywood actresses <laughs> as one of the be- beautiful diamond thieves. Is one of those his yeah, wife? The one with the pigtails is his wife, uh, Jennifer Schwalbach. Oh, my god. And he gosh. also gave her, like, the worst hair and, like, the least flattering clothes like it was yeah i i was a little confused because that one did seem out of place i didn't realize that was his wife till the end one of them isn't quite uh doesn't quite look like the others is all i'll say oh definitely i found it very strange for this movie to come out at this point in time in his career for one thing it felt like such a regression like it it feels like the growth that we were seeing over the past few movies, it, it's all gone. I, but also I it's weird. To, that, I tried to tell you. <laughs> but but also it's weird for him to have this really meta angry thing where he's lashing out at internet trolls and critics after he released like two, I think, pretty successful films, like pretty critically successful films. This is, seems like something he should have done after Mole Rats when he was bombing or something. I do think that, like, the way that this movie lashes out at the critics by just being two characters that are mad that characters with the same name as them are getting, like, called homos <laughs> online. Like, I think that that's a fun way to do it. But other than that, it's like, 
really strange that he even does it at all. It, it's important to note that it's not uh, critics he's lashing out against here. It's very specifically the kids that Children, that go yeah. that go online <laughs> and post in on on the message boards of. <laughs> this this fake website in the movie is called Movie Poop Shoot, but basically it's ain't it cool dot com, which, which he yeah. actually references in the credits in the special thanks section. Oh, There's a bit where it says to the people who oh. post on ain't it cool dot com, thank you for the constant <laughs> abuse. <laughs> so like he he was being meta about it, but a part of him really was kind of motivated i think by anger against all the on <laughs> online trolls i don't know if they're even calling them trolls at the time yeah. but uh the uh talk backers i think they were called back then um, i think it does strike a good balance there like at the end there's a, a funny montage I, th- I thought it was actually good where jay and silent bob <laughs> show up to each of these kids houses and just like beat the shit Children. out of a child like i think yeah. the oldest one would have been like 14 and that was pretty funny <laughs> There was one yeah. guy that like worked at an office or whatever, but otherwise they were all children. <laughs> Look, I am all for punching kids in movies. I think that's a great thing to do. I just watched Under the Silver Lake and you see two kids get decked in that movie. <laughs> and I found it very funny. In this movie, I didn't because I just kept on picturing Kevin angry at his computer or whatever, typing up this scene where he lashes back at all the haters, lashes back at Harry Knowles or whatever. And it was so annoying. (laughs) You know what it reminded me of watching it? I I kept on thinking of when Eminem released an album like a year or two ago that everyone shit on. And then a few months later, he released like another album (laughs) that was basically like, this shit's funny to me. Like, I'm not even mad. <laughs> and then he made fun of Tyler, the creator, for being gay. And everyone was like, yeah. oh, come on, man. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah, th- this this movie does kind of feel like one long, I'm not mad, I'm actually laughing uh, yeah. post in movie I'm not even form. mad. <laughs> this is actually Dude. funny to me. I made a whole movie about how funny it is. <laughs> Imagine being so not mad at your critics that you make an entire like 90 minute (laughs) big budget studio comedy about it. Well, so I think that, you know, in all these Kevin Smith, fuck me, Jesus Christ, I can't speak. In all these Kevin Smith uh, watch along podcasts, because, you know, there's a hundred of them. It's not just us. This is where probably all of them stop because they're so scared. He's going to come beat me up. And, <laughs> oh no <laughs> Kevin please uh, do not come beat me up uh, you, you can fight Trevor I, think I will fight you that. Kevin I dare you I dare you to find me and try to fight me Kevin I know I've encouraged you to to listen to the podcast up to now but I'm gonna say now you gotta turn back man because <laughs> do not listen I can't keep sticking up for you <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh, so the uh, mo- the not sorry, I almost said monkey. That's rude. The orangutan uh, Suzanne, who first appears in I think the final shot of Mallrats, yeah. finally makes her proper film debut in this movie. So that very, oh. that very funny gag of Jay and Silent Bob with a monkey really finally paid off here. I will say, like I liked a lot of the monkey parts. It's cool to see a monkey on TV acting with people. 
Look, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with that. I like seeing a monkey act with people. <laughs> Props to Kevin Smith in character as Silent Bob. Straight up kissing that monkey on the mouth. I wouldn't have done that. Good for you, man. <laughs> Pretending that the monkey is a kid is kind of a funny bit. Although, it, yeah. like, like any half-decent joke in a Kevin Smith movie, it goes on for about twice as long as it needs to. <laughs> but it's a funny idea. Yeah. <laughs> We should get into a little bit of the cameos because I was sort Hell of, of a keeping cast. a list. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Jay and Silent Bob. You have Randall and Dante again. Of course. Mm-hmm. Jason Lee as both, uh, what was Brody, right? Brody and later Banky, yeah. He plays both of his characters at different points in the movie. You have Ben Affleck returning as Holden. And most of what Ben Affleck does is make Ben Affleck jokes. Yeah. Matt Damon comes back. They There's a like a spoof of a Goodwill Hunting 2 Oh shoot. my God, it's interminable. That Goodwill Hunting fake scene goes <laughs> on for like five minutes. It was funny for the it first two. It was kind of funny. And then the, the, the rest of it was just uh, awful. I don't know. The uh, Gus Van Sant counting his money bit was kind of funny. Yeah. But otherwise, Kevin Smith just has no fucking restraint whatsoever he has to make the same (laughs) awful self-referential jokes like a hundred fucking times you already had ben affleck talking about ben affleck in character and then you have have more jokes about ben affleck and then ben affleck is playing himself making the same ben affleck jokes that you made about him before (laughs) jesus christ get a grip both Carrie Fisher, who I right. did not realize that's who that was until yep. the credits, yeah, and same. Mark Hamill are right. in this movie. Of course. Yeah. And both of them, I think, are great, especially yeah, Mark course. Hamill. Yeah. But, like, how? Was this just what things were like in 2001? Well, this is the thing that annoys me so much watching the movie. Is that usually I actually enjoy directors being kind of indulgent and doing weird stuff because that's just what they want to do. Like, usually I like seeing that. But in this movie, it didn't even feel like Kevin Smith was doing stuff for the benefit of the film. Stuff like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, they feel like they're there because Kevin Smith wanted to work with Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher from Star Wars. Yeah, and he... Like, uh, it's so indulgent. And to address Ted's question, I think it probably helped that um, Kevin had a couple of Hollywood super producers who shall remain nameless. Oh, to, true. Uh, <laughs> to, it probably helped give him a little bit of clout to uh, get all those big cameos. I just figured he just gave them a shitload of money. <laughs> <laughs> just spent like half the budget on it. Uh, with the, the cameos you're talking about, though, when the movie started... I was actually kind of hopeful for a little bit because I kind of liked the idea of them going from like character to character that we know and like seeing Dante and Randall again was kind of cool. But the film has that at kind of the beginning and the end, but most of the film is with these side characters who are horrendous, who are just so miserable to watch, including, um, Will Ferrell, who shows up at a certain point to become oh, like man. kind of a main character and is just god awful. Uh, yeah, Will so Ferrell conscious. kills a man <laughs> on accident. Yeah, he kills Mooby. Pretty big waste of Will Ferrell in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that if I saw this movie when I really, when Anchorman was still my favorite movie, <laughs> I think I would have enjoyed him a little more. But at this point, like, Oh, I just couldn't take it. I was into it watching this at age like 13, I think, when I saw it. When when Will Ferrell was still like a rising star, he was still on SNL. 
you know like i was probably stoked to see him in this movie as a kid just brutal i can't imagine watching this film uh when i was a kid like i can imagine watching this at like 12 years old probably being into like anchorman stuff like that and it being really funny especially because it does keep up like a super fast pace and it's very over the top um but now like the speed of it and the amount of bits it's throwing at you are just so exhausting to watch and like the the worst part i think is that like you can't even passively watch it. Like No, you can't. <laughs> I was so bored and a, a, a skit would come on and I'd be like, oh, this is funny for the first 30 seconds. And then it would just keep going. And like, they're usually not nearly visually interesting enough to like hold my attention. So mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. Ugh. At least with mall rats. I can't believe I'm defending mall rats. <laughs> At least with mall rats. That movie was so slow that I could kind of like zone out watching it. Like uh, sometimes I'll watch those videos on YouTube of the dead malls. And it was just like that. It was just like (laughs) watching footage of people, people in a mall and I could kind of zone out. But with this movie, it's so in your face that I had to keep on paying attention. I had to keep on looking at the screen and just feeling miserable i i would keep on checking what time it was and not believing that like my clock was actually working (laughs) this is the one and i was i had a good day today like i wasn't in a bad mood or anything (laughs) this is one of the ones that like just fucking ruined my like mindset like i had to like take a breather after this and just like get over it because oh my god there's something about this movie that just (laughs) Tore me apart. Sam. I, you know, it might just be my my childhood nostalgia clouding my judgment, but I definitely had a better time watching this than Mallrats. Like, it's <laughs> it's bad. It's like it's a a terrible failure of a movie on every level. But it just wasn't as Mallrats. Just really fucking was a bummer for me. I just felt <laughs> like shit watching that movie. See, I I think that part of that is that. Prior to seeing this, Rose and I both like, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob characters, and we didn't know anything about this. So I think we had much higher expectations than you did. Yeah, so that's your problem. I was, I mean, I was already kind of resigned from the beginning to the reality of what (laughs) Kevin Smith's (laughs) movies were. And I remembered this movie pretty well, so I didn't have any, like illusions that it was going to be any good (laughs) and also but also the thing is after watching all five of these movies consecutively i'm just fucking sick of these jay and silent bob characters i hate (laughs) them now like obviously jay was the breakout character in clerks which i think owed more to like just jason muse and the way he is and probably some improv on his part more so than any creativity uh, uh, from Kevin. And uh, uh-huh. and Kevin Smith, he knew that and just kind of proceeded to cash in on it for the next four movies. And it just gets worse and worse. And this is where it really meets its fever pitch. And I'm, I, I'll be happy to be taking a break from seeing Jay and Silent Bob and everything <laughs> after this one. Well, the great thing about Clerks and Mallrats and Chasing Amy is that Jay and Silent Bob are only in them for like five to ten minutes. 
And that's where they're funny. <laughs> they are funny in little spurts. And but this movie... 90 like, minutes? No. Yeah. Th- this, this movie makes a point to say that about Jay and Silent Bob several times. That they are only funny in spurts and they can't yeah. handle a longer mm-hmm. thing. That they suck and it's stupid to make a movie about them and this movie sucks and why am I making this movie stares directly at the camera yeah. over and over. <laughs> I think part of that is reflected in just how bad a lot of the technical stuff, like in the very beginning of the movie, there is some ADR where they're talking about something about the band from The Color Purple. I w- I'm not 100% sure. Oh, which- oh, stop, stop. First of all, it's Purple Rain. Not the I color have no purple. fucking clue. I've and the band is the band is Morris Day in the time. Were you paying attention? Come on, I was, and I I think my brain is just pushed that away in a small corner. Somewhere. The color purple is a very different kind of movie. I don't think there's a lot of fun uh, music in it. But um. I have to admit, I was not paying attention for a lot of this. I was scrolling through my phone. I do actually think that Morris Day in the time song is kind of a jam. When, when they play it at the end. No, it's great. When they get to that far, I'm like, all right, I'm having fun. This is a cool song. <laughs> in this scene, these two kids are buying weed. It's in the very beginning. Two kids are buying weed from Jay and Silent Bob. And they mention that, and the kids don't know who it is. And they have, like, a back and forth. And part of the back and forth was not put in until afterwards. Because there's a scene where Silent Bob says something, but on the screen, his mouth does not move and he just points. And I was like, oh. oh, did I just, like, miss that? I, I I went back and, like, no, they just, like, ADR'd a line in that they did not have any footage for. And mm. they didn't even <laughs> use just, the f- like, a different <laughs> shot. And the, the worst part was the line was completely non-essential. If you just cut that, like, four seconds out of the movie, it all still works, like, seamlessly. It's just a little bit more of an explanation, which is then pointless because at the end of the movie, the band that they're talking about comes on stage and there's an extended dance sequence with them and Jay and Silent Bob. Of course. Oh my God, that aggravated me so much because like I understand having to make compromises if you need to, right? Like I've said this before, the scene in Hereditary, the the lady like says something that her mouth doesn't match. Oh, I remember that, yeah. In this, you could have just cut it out and it would have been so easy. (laughs) Yeah. Did not. You could cut out any single thing from this movie and it wouldn't be a problem. There isn't an essential thing that happens in this whole movie. There's no line, no scene. Cut it all. I could have genuinely enjoyed this movie if it was like 45 minutes long. I was I think. thinking that. <laughs> I think I there's like, enough yes. material that's good there that if you just like really, really cut it to shreds, you yeah. have like an enjoyable, fun, like hour of tv with commercials in it if they did it as a dvd extra kind of yes thing. <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking this feels like something that should be a 25 minute short film on a dvd of like clerks 2 or yeah. something this a little should not bonus. be a feature like film here's what jay and silent bob were up to <laughs> yes yes one of those things but i have some production information here which does shine some light on certain aspects of this film um this from the wikipedia because i'm not going super deep here on his podcast jay and silent bob get old kevin smith explained at length how much of a headache the film was to make mostly owing to jason muse's drug and alcohol abuse turning him into a ticking time bomb which threatened to shut down production at any moment 
During pre-production, Muse would have constant mood swings due to heroin withdrawal, to the point that Smith actually threw him out of his car on the way to set one day. Muse would compensate for his lack of drugs by drinking heavily after every day of shooting and nearly got into a fistfight with Scott Mosier when he had to come back for one night for a reshoot while drunk. When the shoot wrapped, Smith told Muse point blank to get sober or he would never speak to him again. So this is like a rough production. And I felt it watching the film between like Jay and Silent Bob. I would keep on looking at Kevin Smith and I could just feel um, the fact that he was the boss on set. Like I could feel that he was the director on set and not fully in character. He looked like he was um, like stressed watching the performances happen. (laughs) The chemistry was not there. It wasn't. It wasn't that natural flow that they've had in every other movie. It felt like... When you explain it that way, that just makes me really sad. Like, Yeah, no, it's it's harsh. Hey, but at least, you know, as as long as the end result is great, you know, it's like, (laughs) this is like Kevin's apocalypse now. Sure, sure. Like, they had some struggles on the set. They fought. But, you know... (laughs) Great art comes out of, you know, strife and sacrifice. And Kevin uh, Smith, like, <laughs> firebombing old uh, neighborhoods in New Jersey to make this fucking movie. Jay and Silent Bob, The Wrath of God. <laughs> I applaud uh, Kevin and uh, Jason Muse for, you know, working through their demons to produce something transcendent. <laughs> okay, so there's a, there's a part in the movie which is a, a copy of a line... Uh, from I think Dogma, where Jay refers to Bob as his hetero life partner. Yeah. yeah. And at, when he said that, th- like s- something felt bad about it. And now that I know, oh, it feels so much worse. Like because it yeah. didn't work, but it worked in Dogma. Oh, now it just feels bad. Yeah, and I I remember we talked about it in like when the previous films. I think it was chasing Amy that like they were working together because Kevin was helping him work through some addiction stuff. Like they Mm -hmm. were kind of using acting to, uh, to give him something to do and, and give him some income. But with Jay and Silent Bob strike back, it's so focused on the two of them. I couldn't help but think about the meta stuff while I was watching it because you have Jay who's like, not really an actor, honestly, like that's kind of the appeal of him. And he's surrounded by professionals. And it just felt like if it felt like I was watching not like a real movie, but like a kind of make work program Kevin was doing with his friend. And it was uncomfortable. (laughs) It's it's almost like a big like prank, like (laughs) Jesus. Like like did you ever say a prank? Well, like there was this thing, um, There was this thing on Comedy Central called like Windy City Heat where it was like an extended prank where they just pretended to film a movie with this weird guy. Oh my God. <laughs> and it kind of almost feels like that. Like Jay has no business uh, anchoring a fucking movie. It, no. it's, it's ridiculous. The weird thing is like there are moments when it goes back to like the clerks like Jay and Silent Bob. There's like yes. a couple in the movie and those again like those are pretty like all right it's hard to even say they're good surrounding this fucking movie, but like it just makes it so much more obvious when they're supposed to be on and like acting to the camera that it's just does not work. Yeah. And maybe if they were just in their regular environment, it would work better at the beginning of the film when they are around the clerk's set, 
I would have kind of preferred a film that was a little more simple like that, because I think that's an environment where they operate pretty well. But when you send them on this big adventure and it's not just simple comedy anymore, it's like huge stunts. That's when the limitations like really show themselves, especially in both of their performances. Like it just hits a yeah. point where like it it totally falls apart. Well, let's remember this isn't just a comedy and an adventure story. It's also a romance story. Oh my oh. god! And at the center of the movie Jesus. is the beautiful romance between Jay and Justice, played by Shannon Elizabeth. Awful. Who's the? She's the international jewel thief posing as an animal liberationist who is like who inexplicably falls in love with Jay despite him just being an awful misogynist like homophobic piece of shit like nonstop. <laughs> what is that what is the name that he calls her that she's like well that's a good middle ground between bitch and my name boo boo kitty fuck <laughs> and he keeps on talking about clit this yeah the this is like i mean I don't want to try to analyze this too hard because this movie isn't trying to be serious at all, but it's the, this, this tension that Kevin always has with female characters where like he's make, they're supposed to be like these hyper competent badasses, but they're also like, just like stupid and ditzy. And like Mm -hmm. Shan Elizabeth in particular is such a fucking airhead. Like they don't, (laughs) they don't even do like the tiniest bit of work to give her any kind of like, uh, personality trait, like anything that's interesting to her. She's just this stupid, smiling, like, lady who's just, she just seems so <laughs> stupid, even though she's supposed to be this, like, badass, you know, whatever. And, like, it's, uh, it's so fucking weird and bad and not funny. There's a scene at the end where her character and another one of the super spy ladies have a fight, and it's like, oh, this could be, like, a cool fight. Even no. though it, you know, immediately followed another way too long lightsaber fight. I'm not going to get into it. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Don't. Yeah. Where, okay, so. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that until I started saying, and, oh, my God. But they have a fight scene, and you're like, okay, well, they're both spies. So maybe they'll be, like, good at fighting. And no, it's just, like, any cat fight from any, like, comedy yeah. movie you've ever seen. Awful. It was almost like, uh, it kind of reminded me of, um, like, what are they what are they called the the farley brothers the ones who do like scary movie and stuff like that that's friedberg and seltzer okay yeah it it felt like that kind of humor at times like that bottom of the barrel absurd slapstick shit and pop culture references except that in this movie the references were primarily kevin's own films yeah (laughs) it was i i kind of went into this expecting um the avengers of kevin smith films but really (laughs) it was more like like a fan film of himself it's which is a pretty (laughs) awful thing to make it's deeply narcissistic very narcissistic because it's so self-referential and also like uh uh, like self-conscious in an annoying way like where we uh-huh. said they keep doing jokes about how bad it is so it's like he has this like completely unearned reverence for his own shitty work that he feels the need to just repeat lines and jokes and references that make no sense 
out of context. Like they only work as like references to his previous bad movies. But then also he has to keep underscoring it by being like, duh, why would anyone want to watch this shitty movie? <laughs> like, like it's like, he's trying to, he's trying to like walk this weird line where it's like, he's clearly obsessed with himself and his own work, but also yeah. like wants to keep reminding you like, no, but I know it's not good. And it's like, yeah. then why don't you just fuck off with your movie? Like, why, what are you doing? <laughs> why did you do and, this? And we were mentioning earlier, like it's also, uh, you know, it's also got the star Wars stuff in it. It yeah. makes, um, a lot of the references are to Kevin's own films or stuff that is like within his own pop culture knowledge. But what kept distracting me was that stylistically it was influenced by films that aren't mentioned, but are just like, you can see the influences of them that are so much better than this movie, which is, that's always a really bad thing when you're watching a movie and you just start thinking about all these other movies that you like so much more. Specifically with the the actress you were talking about and how awful she is and how, how dumb that character is. I kept on thinking about how funny I find the performances in Starship Troopers which are something similar. It's people being fucking airheads and kind of unrealistic, but it's just so much funnier and so much more effective in that movie. And it, it doesn't work here. The, uh, the At one point they mentioned Bill and Ted and that is like the worst thing they could have done. Because oh now I'm gosh. thinking like, damn, I could be watching Bill and Ted. If Bill I didn't like so have to finish this fucking movie, <laughs> that's what I would have done. But that was also a reference to the reference to Bill and Ted that they already made in Chasing Amy because it's basically the Wait, same really? thing. It's the they're oh like because there's the guy that says, oh, they're like Bill and Ted meet Cheech and Chong. And then right. in this movie, he's reading some mean Internet comment that basically says the same thing, but in like a bad way. Oh, man. Bill and Ted would have been so much better than this. <laughs> yeah, And you're right. Absolutely. It is like a. It is like a similar type of a, a buddy stoner comedy. Maybe when we finish the Kevin Smith movies, that can be another one we watch. <laughs> I just want a, an excuse to watch Bill and Ted again before the third one comes out. I would <laughs> gladly watch those movies uh, rather than this bullshit. Uh, I was so upset and haunted realizing that there is a new Jane Silent Bob movie out. Oh, yeah. It came like, out last year. Ugh. While I was watching this movie, I kept on thinking about it. Like, there is another one of these. It'll be interesting to see how similar or different it is from this one. I mean, it'll be a few weeks before we get there, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need some time to decompress before I can even think about <laughs> watching that. So luckily, we have a lot more bullshit we got to get through first. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> luckily, we have to watch every Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe he'll come back. Maybe Kevin no, will have an- no, another stop. film that'll bring me back stop into it. the fold. Well, here I'll tell you what's going to happen. We're <laughs> going to continue to agree these movies are bad, uh, but we're going to watch Clerks 2, and you two are going to be like, oh, this one was actually pretty good, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, uh, I guess. And then we're going to watch the rest of them, and it's just none of it's going to be any good. Clerks 2 is going to be the one, I guarantee you, where you both are like, oh, this one was good, actually. <laughs> All right, all right. But the, but don't. <laughs> I wouldn't get your hopes up at all for the rest of them. 
Yeah, my my hopes were really up for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, I like. Uh, I keep I had telling a you not to. <laughs> uh, I had a quesadilla ready. You know, um, I got myself a beer for this. I, I smoked up a little bit before I watched it, and I was like, oh, "All yeah, right, let's have a, a fun time, <laughs> snoochie boochies. Let's let's see. You know, we've watched like." four movies now so i'm excited for this all to pay off and even when the movie started i was like you know this is so insular but i've seen all the movies so this will be fun and by f- about 10 minutes in i was already already done with it i was already so ready for it to be over i literally had the exact same experience like <laughs> oh I I knew exactly what I was getting into since obviously I watched this a bunch as a kid, but it has been mm-hmm. many years. So yeah, I don't know. I was kind of nervous. I was I was expect you know what I was expecting to have exactly as bad a time watching it as I did. So <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yeah, got it. Uh, well, the other thing that I feel like we can't avoid is that in this movie. Kevin returns to uh, one of his favorite themes, which is uh, LGBTQ issues, Yeah, which he touches on in a big way here. Uh, Every other fucking joke is some kind of gay thing. Like, you're gay. No, you're gay. All the internet comments (laughs) are calling them gay. They respond to them by being like, no, you got, you are the ones who are the ball lickers. You're gay. (laughs) And then like, there's a bunch of like, oh, this character's gay. Like, Banky is back, and it looks like Will Ferrell is maybe secretly gay, and he's trying to be gay with Banky, and Banky's like, I don't know what you heard about me, or whatever. And then, of course, in that last scene, we see him and Hooper, and it's implied that they're gay together now. Mm-hmm. It's, like, <laughs> heavily, like, almost stated, pretty much. Yeah. They, they talk yeah. about fucking each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's saying, like, oh, you uh, pretend to be Shaft instead of the guy that takes it up the Shaft, and then Hooper is like, I didn't hear you complaining last night, or whatever. So not only does it confirm that that Banky from Chasing Amy was gay, like Ben Affleck thought, but of course now he has to be in a relationship with the only other gay character from the movie, because that's just how it works. This is interesting, but boy, it's a lot. So at the time, um, the uh, GLAD, the Gay Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, actually released a statement saying that the film was homophobic. And basically just telling Kevin that they think the film is really damaging towards the gay community, which I agree with. I think this is a very homophobic film. And Kevin wrote a massive response that I looked up because I wanted it for Kevin's receipts, but I could not get through the whole thing. It is pages and pages of him talking about how he doesn't hate gay people. But the the main defense I want to bring up here, the main thing he keeps returning to is that the joke isn't um, that being gay is funny or whatever. The joke is that like Jay and Silent Bob are stupid, but that is not the case. Like there are a lot of, jokes in the film where Jane Silent and Bob aren't the target. The whole joke is that being gay is just yeah. funny. Like it starts and ends there. It really seems like Kevin doesn't have malice in his heart. I don't think he doesn't really understand, <laughs> but he clearly thinks that this, the idea of a guy being gay is like inherently funny. You know, yeah, with chasing Amy, uh, I gave him a lot of leeway with that one because I feel that film is actually very 
good natured and earnest and is trying to do something really positive. And this one though, I can't give him that because this is like, it's, you know, I wouldn't call it malicious, but he's certainly not trying to do anything good for the gay community with this. Even if he argues so in his response here, um, he, he is just making gay jokes. Yeah. But it's also, it's just not funny. Like it's not good. It's not not good comedy. Like this guy, what if a guy was gay is not a complete (laughs) joke. You haven't made a joke yet. Like, there's so many things like that throughout the movies. They do it in Dogma with Jay. Like, oh, when you jerk off, you're thinking about guys or whatever. And then they, like, do a... They just have, like, these references, like... Uh, Will Ferrell has a throwaway line where he's like, I'm a man on the outside or whatever. And it's just yeah, like... Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Another weird gender thing in Kevin Smith's movies. Like a joke can be both funny and also homophobic and maybe <laughs> ill-advised, but Kevin can't get either. It just sucks. Yeah, I think that I'm a man on the outside part was supposed to be some type of weird trans joke. Like, that's what I kind of got from it. Yeah. But it's so detached from reality. I wasn't even sure if that's what it was. But it would line up with, like, his other films where he's made other weird gender-based jokes. So I would guess that Kevin thinks that that's, like, still a gay joke. And that that, like... That just means that he is a gay man. Yeah. Because I don't think he quite oh, understands. Yeah. the. Because speaking from experience as a dipshit, like, you know, six years ago. Yeah. That is something that I might have thought as an idiot in 2001, yeah. especially. I mean, I was like six, I think. but Especially pre-9-11. Everything was different back then. <laughs> That's true. So at the end of the credits, I think in response to the complaints from Glad, uh, he puts this uh, disclaimer uh, that says no gay people were harmed during the making of this film. <laughs> However, some oh. were used as test dummies in the creative process. Anybody who uses the insults contained in this film on any gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or heterosexual person, real, perceived, or imaginary, is a total dumbass. I'm surprised it says transgender. Yeah, me too, actually. (laughs) Yeah. I was impressed by that until I realized that he probably just got that language directly from whoever talked to him from Glad. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's probably true. When I first saw that, I was like, wow, Kevin just put that in his movie, but then recently searching it when i saw the thing about the glad controversy i was like oh yeah it seems like the studio and him also donated some money to some gay charities to be as a as a make culpa for that that's that's a little nice though. there are a couple of weird things about this one of them is that he felt the need to include heterosexual on that list any gay lesbian bisexual transgender or heterosexual person and also it says (laughs) on any real perceived or imaginary so like you are doing gay jokes about imaginary gay characters in your movie (laughs) like you're doing the thing that you said but it makes it makes you a total dumbass if you uh do that so i guess he's just admitting it there you go (laughs) and and look i like you were saying earlier the main problem is also that it's just not funny. Yeah. And if it was funny or clever in some way, like maybe I could look past it a little bit. And I will admit when George Carlin was on, uh, doing basically just a gay joke character. Yeah. He was, it was kind of funny because George Carlin's actually a very good comedian. Yeah. I didn't find that the final 
visual gag of him sucking a dick funny, but him being a dude that's going to suck dick across the country to like hitchhike. <laughs> it's yeah. probably something which if um, anyone else did it, I wouldn't find it funny at all. But George Carlin actually does sell it pretty well. And th- what's the worst about that is that later on they have Jay do the same joke on a, a woman nun who's yeah. played by Carrie Fisher. And it, that is like, I think, one of the worst jokes in the movie for me where it was just like, not only just not funny at all, but just like annoying on a primal level to me. <laughs> I feel like that's Kevin's angst about his uh, religion uh, peeking uh, out again, that he felt yes. the need to do this raunchy joke with a nun. Also, mm. I think one of the people that Jay and Silent Bob beat up at the end is a priest. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah i don't think it's like inherently bad or unfunny to do the thing where like the internet commenters are like calling them all gay because that's like a real thing that happens mm-hmm. like that can be funny as a thing to like address you know like and i do and i do kind of laugh uh when when jay is like typing up that response <laughs> on the internet terminal at the movies and it's like yeah like that those kinds of jokes work not that it's particularly great comedy but those kinds of jokes work in the context of jay being a homophobic guy and all these nerds on the internet also being homophobic you know but like but then there are still just a ton of like we said jokes where it's like the gag is that the guy oh this guy's secretly gay and oh but this guy is too but like it's like what is like what's the joke here yeah (sighs) but he put he put the disclaimer at the end so it's fine and that's what's so strange is that like in a lot of the his movies there is in all of them before this really there is like a subtle earnestness Mm -hmm. to like the way he portrays a lot of this stuff it is completely absent in this movie yeah not at all there yeah, it's 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 such a weird it's such a weird regression after the stuff that he's been tackling in his previous films, like especially with chasing Amy, trying to do something that was such a genuine attempt to understand uh, lesbians, to understand gay people, and to fit that into his world in a way that made sense. It's so weird for him to follow that up with a film like this, which is so so clearly homophobic in a way that's not clever or interesting or like in in this letter that he releases he says that it's satirical but i don't really see much satire in it except for those few little scenes like him uh with the internet comments like that that kind of makes sense but most of it no it is a bit of a stretch to, to call yeah. it satirical. Yeah, he actually says in this letter that that he thinks that the film is kind of progressive because <laughs> there's some bit where, like, I think Bob implies that he would go down on Jay, oh, and he's God. like, you know, th- he's like, you know, there's probably some some you know, some uh, young kids watching this movie that look up to Jay and Silent Bob, and you know, maybe they see that and they think, hey, you know, maybe maybe that's okay. <laughs> and he's writing this in his like pages and pages long diatribe in response to Glad telling him, look, us as an organization that like protects gay people, we think this film is really bad. <laughs> he just, he gets so offended at the idea of someone calling him a homophobe when it's an organization like really trying to right. be like, look. <laughs> Look, you made Chasing Amy and that was good. Like actually the director of of Glad or whatever apparently told Kevin Smith he liked Chasing Amy, okay, but he was well, like that's, but this uh, I can't movie really 
can't really agree with him there, but. <laughs> <laughs> but he specified like chasing Amy, I thought was okay, but this movie is like really bad for us. Yeah, uh, Kevin's brain needed a little more time in the oven. <laughs> yeah. He just really doesn't understand what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because, like, in this movie, he seems to have he seems to have a lot of self consciousness, but no self awareness. If that makes sense, yeah, like, yeah. Know, he's like so self referential, but he also just doesn't like. It's like, it doesn't seem like he's really thinking about or understanding uh, what he's doing. No, and there's such a switch with Jay and Silent Bob being the protagonists in this one, because in pretty much every other film, except for maybe Dogma, they tend to focus on a dude who is like Kevin Smith and who is portrayed as kind of shitty. And a lot of the movies, at least superficially, kind of about that, kind of analyzing like, the things he do he does that aren't that great but in this one there's like if like you said it feels self-conscious and self-referential but it doesn't feel like there's any self uh reflection or self-awareness uh, really i mean the the lack of self-awareness in a movie that is about all of his movies is insane and one thing that like really struck me was if you hadn't seen his previous four movies like what would you fucking make of this? I I hadn't. I don't I, know. I was a thirteen year old kid, and this was the first movie of his that I saw. Really? I didn't get any of the references, but you know what? It doesn't help because they're not funny. <laughs> now that I understood no. every single stupid reference in the movie, it's like doesn't make it any funnier. It was just, yeah. just as good without understanding them. Maybe it would have been better to watch this without knowing his other films because watching Jay and Silent Bob go through these hijinks, I kept on thinking about how everything I liked about Clerks was just gone. <laughs> like, oh. This movie is the reverse of Clerks. I think the only thing I'd seen before watching this was the Clerks TV show, and I like knew, oh, wow. and I like knew that the other movies existed. So like I knew who Randall and Dante were. I got what was yeah. going on there, and I could tell that some characters and jokes were supposed to be things from other movies. And I don't know, my friend might have like explained shit to me or whatever but like it really doesn't matter because none of that stuff is funny anyway oh the the scene the 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 scene at the end where they're all leaving the theater after the movie that's like kevin smith's version of in avengers endgame when they're all showing up in the portals all at once yeah all of these like minor characters that you never gave a shit about from these movies all just popping up to like make some reference to like oh yeah I guess that character said that line in uh, Mallrats or whatever. I remember that, you know. <laughs> that sucks so bad. And I was so confused, too, because they would keep on... Um, they would, like, introduce people you recognize from the other films, but then you'd find out that that's, like, not them because in the universe of this film, like, Chasing Amy is, like, a film that never got made. So it's a cameo by the main girl in that who plays Alyssa, but it's like not her character. And in this version, she's never. No, it is. Wait, is it? It is her character. So remember at the end of Chasing Amy, Ben Affleck made the Chasing Amy comic. And they're yeah. like, how come oh, they made God. the Blunt Man and Chronic movie and not a Chasing Amy yeah. movie? So they're talking right, about making the yeah. comic into a movie. And she's like, that would be a terrible movie or whatever. Like the same joke they do a million fucking times. <laughs> But there was also the part where Ben Affleck yes. mentioned that he was in Dogma. 
Yeah, they do talk about the movies like they exist. Someone coming out of the movie theater says, like, it's not as bad as Mallrats, but we're, like, seeing characters yeah. from Mallrats in that same scene. Yeah. The logic of it. There's so there's confusing. no logic. It's a mess. Ugh. Oh. Absolute mess. I almost forgot to mention Chris Rock's character. <laughs> yeah, which I, I don't understand. Because obviously it's supposed to be a cameo, but I don't understand its connection to anything. It's not connected to anything. It's just okay. Chris Rock. He was in the previous movie, and you know him. He's famous. And he's playing, I know Chris Rock. He's playing a new character who's a black director named Chaka Luther King. <laughs> I missed that. I did not hear that part. And his whole thing is that Damn. he's just cynically weaponizing his black identity as an excuse to like be abusive to everyone around him. Him and just kind yeah. of be an asshole. It is kind of funny. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny because it's Chris Rock and he's funny. Yeah. But the material yeah. isn't funny. It's fucking stupid. And it's also like, what do you? It it feels like an extension of whatever weird shit was happening with Hooper in yes, uh, Chasing yes. Amy because it's like Ke- Kevin's idea of doing like humor about black people. Like he probably thinks that it's like. That he's doing something, I don't know, maybe progressive where it's like, oh, now it's mm-hmm. a black man and he's on top and he's abusing white people or something like that. But it's like it's what's actually happening is fucked up because it's like he's he's ju- he's just being like this abusive director and shitting on everybody and also <laughs> spouting weird stereotypes, of course. But like it's all but all just kind of like just using his identity as a weapon against other people like it it's it's like accidentally racist in a very bizarre way see this is the thing that the casual kevin smith viewer will not pick up on but us as kevin smith aficionados can see the patterns arising in his films and draw meaning from the foremost kevin smith scholars (laughs) yeah God. I also want to mention that uh, it should be noted that as well as being really homophobic, the film is awful to women. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> this is after I remember a couple episodes, I read something on Kevin's receipts yep. where he told his fans not to call w- women cunts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently that came from some controversy with uh, Jay and Bob strike back where like fans of the movie were being really sexist to women <laughs> online and calling them bitches and cunts and yeah. shit. And, cool. and Kevin Smith had to, had to step up and stand in front of it and be like, guys, yeah. <laughs> this, this isn't what I meant. It just, it just goes to him like not understanding how this stuff is perceived by an audience. You yeah. know, like he puts that uh, anti-homophobia disclaimer at the end of the credits that no one is going to see but it's mm-hmm. like they're seeing these characters they're supposed to like be homophobic the whole movie and like you said it, that thing in his letter where he's like oh maybe someone will see Silent Bob trying to suck Jay's dick and think that's okay or whatever but in the movie uh like Jay immediately is like, Oh, you were going to suck my dick. You homo. What's wrong with you? Like, that's like, that's what the audience is actually seeing. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. obviously doesn't make it look, look like, I mean, like obviously it's just jokes and like, you know, but like it, it, if he thinks he's like doing some kind of progressive satire, like he just really doesn't understand the way an audience uh, perceives these things. Actually, I want to read at least a little bit of this letter. I can't read a lot of it because it's so 
It's so fucking long. Unless anyone has anything else to say about the movie. I'm I'm tapped out on that. I just hated it. <laughs> uh, a couple stray thoughts. Uh, Tracy Morgan had a cameo, and he was very funny. Oh, right. Uh, always, yeah, always Tracy liked, Morgan showed up. Always liked seeing him. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. And on the subject of cameos, another one we didn't mention, uh, Kevin's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, makes her screen debut as Baby oh. Silent Bob. So that's kind of oh. kind of cute. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it. I think I'm all out of stuff to say about this. It was a pretty bad movie. I was not happy with it. <laughs> it has significantly decreased my opinion of Kevin yeah, Smith. I was going to say, how are we all feeling about Kevin and his, and his oeuvre I, so, now? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I This movie was, I think, the biggest hit Like I, I could have taken, to my opinion, <laughs> Kevin Smith. Definitely. I, think, I think he can still... You know, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not like condemning him yet, but Kevin, buddy, you gotta do better, man. Settle down. Just don't get your hopes up for Jersey Girl, all right? Oh. Yeah, Ted, I feel similarly. Um, this is definitely the biggest hit <laughs> that we've <laughs> taken. Uh I feel Especially after hearing the context of this film Ugh. and the behind the scenes and the controversy of it, not feeling too great towards Kevin right now. But maybe he can come back, you know, maybe he gets knocked down now and comes back with a film I end up liking later. But for right now, not great. I think it's safe to say hashtag Team Trev uh, won this round. <laughs> for, for this episode, uh, yeah. <laughs> You're, you're winning right now. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, so this is Kevin's receipts. What do, what do we got here? This letter is so long. I can't read all of it, but I'm just going to like read some quick excerpts. So this is after um, Glad sent uh, their message about the negative impact that they believe the film would have on audiences and the homophobia of it. Kevin's response, uh, he says... You all know me. You all know how big a fan I am of the gay community. Oh, no. <laughs> me too, Kevin. <laughs> Cheering him on from the sidelines. You all know the respect and fascination I have for gay culture and practices. Fascination. <laughs> practices. Yeah, we saw his fascination with gay practices. I'm going to recommend that viewer, uh, listeners at home Look up this article. I will put it in the show description or something because pretty much every line is like this and it's very long. Um, anyway, so he goes on, he says, um, I've said in many an interview from Chasing Amy onward that the only reason I never dabbled in homosexuality when I was younger oh, was no. because I wouldn't know what to say to a guy after he blew a load <laughs> in my mouth. Stop it. Does anybody know what to say after that? I don't think anybody knows. You say thank you? I don't know. <laughs> it's a Brett from Street Fight, his uh, guide to polite sex. Once you're finished, you just say thank you and you never speak about it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he says uh, that's a sentiment that says more about my social awkwardness than any socially awkward stereotypes that I've been unfairly hung that I've been unfairly hung on the gay community. I don't even know what that means. That doesn't really connect. So he goes on here and he talks about, oh, I've never had an issue with gay people. I love gay people, blah, blah, blah. He says, I've been knee deep in gayness for the better part of my <laughs> 20s and up. Uh, and Kevin, knee deep in... Uh. 
Sounds a little <laughs> sus, bro. Well, Trev, he's already, he's ready for you. Because he puts in parentheses, oh. I just know that's going to be printed out of context somewhere. <laughs> Myth says he's, quote, knee-deep knee in gayness. <laughs> and oh. I like, he, he puts that there because he's like, oh yeah, people are going to take that out of context to make it sound like I'm homophobic. But in context, it's also homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, out of context, for, it might make him sound gay, which is even worse. Uh, for those who will recall, we made a movie called Chasing Amy. Oh, no. Ugh. <laughs> and then he goes on, Bob Hawk, who is most responsible for exposing the world to clerics, is about as gay as they come. No pun intended. Gay come, I guess. Oh, uh, um, uh, there you go. And he lived with me for three years. Because only gay people come. That's like a gay yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my brother's gay. There are prominent members of this board community who are gay. The list goes on and on. <laughs> my parents are gay. My wife is gay. Um, and then I don't get into this. He just talks about how he met with like a representative from Sa uh, from Glad who basically told him, like, look, Kev, we thought Chasing Amy was good. I like Chasing Amy, but look, this movie <laughs> is not great. <laughs> and then when the guy, um, when the statement is released from Glad, he feels incredibly betrayed because oh, he's no. not, he's not a homophobe. Um, so after, after his meeting with the representative, he says, um, then yesterday afternoon, I fielded a phone call from Rebecca Asher Walsh of Entertainment Weekly asking me to comment on how Glad was horrified by the homophobia on Parade and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I was taken aback as the representative never once expressed being horrified by the jokes in the flick we discussed. He said he was merely concerned. Suddenly, I was being painted as homophobic by <laughs> Glad. This I can't quietly sit by and let happen. Oh. <laughs> Kevin's been <laughs> betrayed by the gays. They betrayed him. <laughs> After he's done so much for them, <laughs> they treat him like this. He says, neither Jay and Silent Bob strike back nor myself are homophobic. Fuck, if anything, we're overtly gay friendly. And then he just goes on to uh, to whine about the movie and talk about like how he thinks that Jay and Silent Bob actually like promote... Um, positivity towards the gay community because they make homophobic jokes towards each other come on man like just like i would respect it a lot more if you would be like guys it's just a joke chill out you know like trying to <laughs> pretend that he's like what Ugh, it's so stupid well the thing he specifies is that um he spoke to two j gay journalists who thought it was pretty daring for me kevin smith to have Silent Bob admitting that he'd have gone down on Jay. Oh, come on. Which is, that's pretty progressive. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, this is a choice line. But most importantly, I don't feel the film's homophobic. <laughs> I would never make a homophobic film. I'm not that guy. And here's why. I grew up fat. Oh, <laughs> That's why, yeah. Even though I'm a white male, being fat my whole life still puts me in a minority ca category as well, and has made me the butt of my jokes, uh, the butt of jokes my entire life. Oh. Trust me, I know how hurtful or damaging it can be to be called a name or two. Uh, the last thing I'd ever want 
would be to mock others for who they are. Except for Ben Affleck, I can mock him and never feel guilty about it. <laughs> um, That's kind of funny. I, I do kind of find it funny. I mean, he, he's Kevin Smith, so that joke goes on for a few more sentences, but I'm going to cut it off there because that's where nice. you should cut that joke off. Um, <laughs> editing real time. I'll skip to the end here. What really burns me about all this, though, is that now my donation to the Matthew Shepard Foundation, which is the gay charity he donated to, is going to be sullied in the process. Based on what Rebecca Asher Walsh told me, my donation is now being portrayed as an admission of some kind of culpability. And that by giving $10,000 to this worthy cause, I'm essentially saying, I'm sorry I made some gay jokes. And that's horse shit, because I'm <laughs> not sorry, because I did not make <laughs> Because I did not make jokes at the expense of the gay community. I made jokes at the expense of two characters who neither I nor the audience have ever held up to be paragons of intellect. They're idiots, funny idiots, but idiots all the same. Uh, and then he, and then he goes on and on and talks about how the joke's on them and he thinks that it's, he's making fun of homophobia or whatever. Uh, I swear I caught it from the right wing on dogma and now I'm catching it from the left wing oh. on this flick. What am I, people? A bleeding heart liberal or a Bible-thumping conservative? Oh and when God. the hell do I get to make a movie in which I don't have to explain myself afterwards? Oh when the God. hell? <laughs> He's such a fucking drama queen. I can't believe this shit. <laughs> when the hell do I get to make a movie that some special interest group won't demonize? Uh, I swear. He, he types I sweat, but... I think it's meant to be, I swear, that's a typo. <laughs> this is on his blog. Mm. Um, I'm real-time editing here. It's like, <laughs> it's like all that's left is to walk that thin, boring line down the middle that makes for really bland cinema. Um, because no matter what you do and say, no matter how good your intentions are, sooner or later, you're going to offend somebody. Uh, and then this is the end bit here. So I could use a few good character witnesses. If you folks wouldn't mind, can you drop Glad a civil line and let them know, again, it's spelt now, but I know he means no, and let them know I am not now, nor I've ever been a homophobe. Please, no immature comments for these folks, all right? I've had enough trouble without anyone reinforcing the worst suspicions that Glad has about their fans. And then he drops Glad's email address. And... <laughs> That's coordinated uh, harassment. Every, everybody, please call them and tell them I don't hate gays. And then he finishes off from with a quote from the Jay and Silent Bob miniseries comic, which um, I, I don't think I'm going to read. No, no, refuse. Because <laughs> that was enough. This man really just lets uh, words just spill out of him without... <laughs> giving any thought to how fucking stupid he sounds. Oh, I, I should note that the excerpt that he, he takes out of the comic is this long monologue about how um about how Jay and Bob would totally fuck each other. And oh. then the thing he signs off with after that ex after that excerpt is hmm, homophobic indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that's after reading that i was like damn this this guy's actually kind of an asshole <laughs> that sucks oh my god i'm i'm sorry that was so much for you and our listeners but that was like 
That was a real journey into Kevin's mind. And that wasn't even like half of it. It is so You think long. I'm a homophobe? Well, guess what? Every single character in my movies is secretly gay. So take that. <laughs> I love him stealing gay valor from like- uh, Being fat. <laughs> being fat, uh, saying he would have sucked dick if he wasn't socially awkward. And then just like listing off all the gay people he knows as like a defense force. It was a real, it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a real self-reflection yeah. in that letter. <laughs> Damn, this is dark. This is Kevin at his worst. This, uh, yeah. this is like, really, this is the fucking dark night of the soul for Kevin. Like, yeah. <laughs> he is in trouble here. And then, so after that, after that whole diatribe, I also want to give a little perspective on um, where the public was sitting with this controversy and with this film. So Roger Ebert, who we know hated Mallrats, just tore it apart, gave Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back three stars, which is pretty good. He liked it a lot. What? His review of it's actually pretty good. I like... um, he just kind of enjoys the bombastic attitude of the film and he likes how idiosyncratic it is and all that. And it's pretty good until we get to the very end of this review where he writes as an addendum. Um, well, well, first concluding, he says, whether you like Jay and Silent Bob depends on who you are. Most movies are made for everybody. Kevin Smith's, Kevin Smith's movies are made either specifically for you or specifically made not for you, which I think is a, a good sentiment for this movie. It's a very niche thing. They're made specifically for you if your name is Kevin Smith. <laughs> and then Ebert writes, note, the gay and lesbian alliance <laughs> against discrimination has chosen the wrong target in oh attacking Jane Silent Bob for alleged anti-gay material. Glass should give audiences oh. credit for enough intelligence to know the difference between satire and bigotry. Smith agreed to add a disclaimer to the end of the movie as uh, that says... The use of anti-gay slurs in real life is not acceptable, as if this will A, come as news, or B, act as a wake-up call for those who use them. But he refused to apologize for his film, which describes Jay and Silent Bob as hetero-life partners, and said in a statement, I'm not sorry because I didn't make the jokes at the expense of the gay community. I made the jokes at the expense of two characters who neither I nor the audience have ever held up to be paragons of intellect. They're idiots. And that's how Ebert signs off his review. Oh my with God. That, what the fuck? With that beautiful quote. Roger Ebert, free speech warrior. I couldn't believe that. I'm like, damn, I'm glad that Roger... I'm not, gl- I'm not glad that he's dead. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say, I'm glad Roger Ebert's not on Twitter. And then I realized the reason he's not on Twitter is that he's dead. So uh, Rose is glad Roger Ebert is dead. I'm not Which... glad he is. He seemed like a lovely man. He's <laughs> up there in heaven with Stanley. <laughs> no, Stanley's in hell. Yeah, no. <laughs> that is truly one of the most insane things. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm like still like don't believe it. Like I know it's true, but yeah. you know you hear something and you're like that can't be right. <laughs> oh. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah. That no, that... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What a whiny little brat. 
he has a lot of work to do to catch up to like <laughs> redeem himself after that. Yeah, that's the nastiest. Thing. I I hate to disappoint you, but it's really better just rip the bandaid off and accept <laughs> that he's not a good person. <laughs> oh my god! Look, this seemed to just be. This seemed to be a dark period in Kevin's life. Seems like things are not going great for him. He seems a little frustrated. We've all had those times. We've all had times where we've gone to a dark place and produced a 90-minute studio (laughs) comedy uh, where we get um, one of our friends to star in it, even though he does not fit into it at all. (laughs) It's like 105 minutes. It's not a tight. Is it? Yeah, it's. It's. I was just guessing. Yeah, not as long as Dogma or the god awful extended cut of Mallrats. So yeah, that's that's something. Uh, I have been told the theatrical cut is uh, is better. We've gotten some recommendations to uh, to watch the theatrical cut of Mallrats. Not gonna happen. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Mallrats is in the past. I don't care. Not going back. I 100% believe that it's better, but that doesn't mean I need to watch <laughs> any other version of it. <laughs> All right. Well, God, I, I feel bad, like, still. Usually after I watch the movie, it's like I talk about it and I can get all that bad energy out. But this one just had <laughs> so much and nothing redeeming in it that it's like... I just feel bad now and I want to go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, with all the other movies, like the more I talk about them, the more I appreciate them. But this one, the more I talk about it, like the more anger I feel towards how awful it is. I feel worse after, I I feel worse now after than after chasing Amy. Oh, definitely. Which I didn't think was possible. And God damn. I feel great. This has been a a real uh, triumph (laughs) for me. Uh, I want to give uh, a quick congratulations to a um, friend of the pod, Kevin Smith, uh, who, who just announced recently that he um, guest starred on The Simpsons, oh, another congratulations. 90s relic that we love. He's uh, contemporaries with Alan Moore now. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know if the episode's out, but he posted a photo of him in like The Simpsons um, audio booth. So Jesus. cool. Very cool. Very cool, Kevin. All right. We all still love The Simpsons. All right. We all still love Kevin Smith. All right, we got to we got to get out of here. We got to end this thing. <laughs> yeah, we got to leave yeah. the uh we need to talk about Kevin recording studio. Um, <laughs> the fucking bad energy is forming a cloud above us and I'm really afraid it's going to start like striking us down with lightning or something yeah i gotta go jump on grand theft auto or something and just like <laughs> go go either for a, a cruise or go for like um a real rage out because i gotta get this bad energy out <laughs> all right bye everybody bye, bye. <laughs> look i am all for punching kids i think that's a great thing to do i was gonna clean my room until i got high <laughs> i was gonna get up and find the broom but then and I this week high. we watched uh fuck i can't remember the fucking name jay and, jay and, si- strike jay and silent bob strike back <laughs> it like minutes ago uh, <laughs> because i got high
I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out.